0: Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Morning Global, Uh, Global Church and all the friends that are listening in from all over the world. Global is going global. It's great. So we're going to continue from last week. If you wasn't here last week, we've been looking at relationships and how they are key for anything that we do in life. And I said that relationships, the idea of relationship, sets Christianity apart from any other religion because all religions are based on laws. Obey this law and God will accept you. Our faith is based on a relationship with God through his son Jesus whereby it's a heart-to-heart and it's not based on laws because when god gave the laws in the old testament 10 big ones and 603 little ones we couldn't keep them and so it's probably was given us more laws but god set the laws out for us to for, for us to be able to see two things his uh, is perfection and our fallen state our imperfection and so when you try to keep God's laws, you realise you can keep them for a while, but then you fail, and then you realise you need a saviour. That's that's the point. And so Jesus Christ comes, and he fulfils the whole law. And he says, if you believe in me, it's like you've kept the law all your life, even though you haven't. But it's like you've kept the law all your life, and all my goodness is, is like signed off for you. You can have it for free. It's amazing. And, and so now when God looks at me, he doesn't... He doesn't see all oh, my record of wrongs. He sees his son, Jesus. That's why the Bible, what the Bible means by being in Christ. I'm now in Christ Jesus, or a Christ one. I'm, a, I'm one of Christ's, and, and I didn't do anything good to get it. And that's the beauty of Christianity. It's a relationship. When you get to know Jesus, you get to know life. He's not about laws. He's about a power to change is about fresh vision, is about life emerging from within and growing into a bigger life, he is. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting off my topic because I get on my favorite topic, and that is Jesus. He's, he is the best. So we're looking at relationships and Jesus talked about relationships. And he said, even when you're offering your gift to God at the altar, in the Old Testament, they had an altar where they would bring an offering to God. And he said, even when you're doing something as sacred as that, He said, what's more sacred or or just as equal is that you put your your gift down and you go and sort your problem out with a brother, someone who has a problem with you. You might not have a problem with them, but God wants wants us to get on with people. He wants us to be right with people and real with people. And so, uh, you know, even though Jesus is showing us, Go and sort your issues out, then come back and offer your gift to God. Don't not offer it, because it's important to do that. But he said, all the time Jesus is teaching, a vertical relationship and the horizontal relationship. When asked, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and to love your neighbour as you love yourself. Vertical, love the Lord your God. Horizontal, and love your neighbour as yourself. And Christianity... Following Christ is about love. It's essentially love. And it's not the sentimental type. It's not the sexy type. It's the serving type. Three S's for you. I might preach on them next week. Sentimental, sexy (laughs) and uh, serving. Anyway, let's move on. Here we go with uh, the people that you will meet. You know, 12, 12 kind of people. Last week we looked at the critic. And then we looked at the martyr and how we handled them. And can I just say that last week I mentioned three things that we look we look at in, in it's in the back of our minds uh, in global, when we're relating with people. and number one is no eggshells. We don't tiptoe around people and issues. We go right to the point. Number two is that we don't allow elephants in the room. We speak about what nobody else really wants to speak about. And then number three. No excuses. No living before below the line of responsibility. We take responsibility. No excuses. No eggshells. No elephants. And no excuses. When that is a grid within your mind that you are a filter that you use, you know, people soon realize that you're a person of substance. And especially if you use it well. If you use it to be a, a you know a clever so-and-so. Then you, you know you'll just communicate arrogance, but but I, I've got better hopes for you, better hopes for me. You know, let's have a better us in this next 12 months, two years, five years. Let's let go of some of the old stuff, the old way we did relationships, the old some of the old relationships that we had that we just left us in tatters and left us like absolutely drained. Come on, let's rise up to the potential that God has given us and let's. Surround ourselves with the right people. And let's be the right person for the people that, uh, whose world that we're in. Let's add value to their life. Remember, be a, a, th- a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer just measures somebody's temperature. A thermostat, you can choose what temperature you want it to be at. And it's the same in relationships. Choose. Choose what kind of relationships you want. Be the thermostat, not the thermometer okay so number the third type of person that you're going to meet is the wet blanket this person is always pessimistic and is a drain on the relationship so how do you handle the wet blanket be honest with them don't expect them to change as long as they offer excuses and they will offer excuses and so whilst they're offering those excuses you know that they're not going to change. When you're dealing with addiction, uh, well, people are offering excuses, you know, they're not going to change. They're not serious yet. They haven't hit rock bottom enough yet to say, I am fed up of the addiction. I am fed up of me excuses. I am fed up with myself. And that's a great place to be because at that point, faith is birthed for a new future. I've got hope people like that. I've got more hope for somebody like that than I have for somebody who just costs so long. I want. I want to know people that are real in life and are, and are real about changing. And I have to get real about changing my life because life's not static. It's not concrete. It's dynamic. It's living. Things come into our world <clears throat> and our lives that we, we didn't ask for and we didn't see coming like COVID. And now we have to... Improvise, adapt and overcome. According to Clint Eastwood, heartbreak rich, grateful. So the wet blanket, be honest with them. Don't expect them to change as long as they offer excuses. Point to past successes that they thought would fail. So do you remember this? Remember you were so pessimistic about that? It worked. In fact, you were brilliant and they forget. They forget even when it's gone well for them. And, uh, you know, we've got to come back at that. Don't let them dampen your enthusiasm. Don't let them be a damp squid on your life. How? How how do you do that then? By refusing to let them set the atmosphere, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Boom. So, shake them. Don't be so pessimistic. Bubble it. So, come on, surely you can't do this negative that's what i want to say to the newscasters on bbc one i wanted it all the way through the brexit all the way through the COVID. they are the most negative pessimistic people all under the guise of being real and they have caused such such depression on our nation do you know what they've kept the jobs many people have lost their jobs and you know their reporting has been so negative when Boris and his team have tried to be positive, ah, well, we're gonna catch them out on this, ah, we're to... and times when, when Boris is using the skill of, of inspiring people, and they come right through with hard-headed, well, this is that, and that's this, and they turn his inspiration into wishful thinking and negativity, and they are pessimistic. Be careful who you listen to. I can't listen to them guys for too long, and I'm not being party political, I just know what a wet blanket looks like, and how pessimistic they are. But they did keep the jobs. Number four, steamroller. That kind of a person. <laughs> Who's ever been a steamroller? So steamrollers. <coughs> that, this person rolls over others and enjoys intimidating people. They are aggressive and can be hostile. How do you handle a steamroller? Consider, before you do anything, consider the influence that they have before you act. Because often steamrollers do have influence. And so you've got to consider before you before you begin to engage, begin to realise what influence they have. In other words, before you chuck a stone in the pond, anticipate the ripples. And it's not that we don't challenge this person, not at all. It's not that we don't challenge, but we have to look. Or what influence they have. Because when we engage, it's how they broadcast what's been said. And then you've got to deal with that, the the fallout from that as well. And so consider the influence they have before you act. Try to reason with them. And expose them to their insensitivity. When I was at Bible College, I was uh, in my second year and the first years come in. And uh, we go on what we used to call missions and you'd go for a weekend and work with a church, or 10 days and work with a couple of churches, or sometimes three weeks and work with a, a bigger group of churches. And so you train your team, and we used to do opener preaching, and we used to make people laugh. Uh, well, we'd try anyway. And we'd, we'd use sketchboards where you'd paint your message up, making it interesting. We'd do skits, our little players, in, 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 you know, that are, are funny. Anyway, moving on, there's some things I'll never ever do again. <laughs> And we'd stand there and share our faith. We did all sorts of things, not just open air preaching. we we put parties on, we do coffee mornings, we do all sorts. I remember uh, training the team, and because they were fresh years, they were intimidated. I didn't realise they were intimidated, and I wasn't sensitive at all. And I'm going, come on, what's the matter with you, big mardy, uh, softy? It's like... Yeah, if you don't want to be, here, just go, you know, go to your room. And I was just cold and blunt, and let's get this thing done. And when people were saying, "I, I can't do it," I, I, you know, I'm not an actor. Well, you need to learn. You just and I steamrolled uh, these people. So then, the Old Testament lecturer came to see me, and she was uh, she was a great woman. She came off a farm, and she was straight talking. But she was wise. She didn't say a lot, but when she did, it meant a lot. Not herself. Anyway, she came to see me, and she goes, uh, "I have the team spoken to you about the problem." And I said, "No, no, no. What, what's the problem?" She said, "You are." <laughs> and she she gave me some feedback. Feedback is the food of champions. And so she gave me feedback, and I'll remember it to this day. But you know what? It changed me, and I appreciated her honesty. I didn't appreciate it at the time. It was a shock to the system. But um, I appreciated it and, and I learned from it and I changed. Not everybody's going to be like that, but I'm just saying, try to reason with them and expose them to their ins- insensitivity. Identify the issue that they are pushing for or the issue that they're against. Identify the issue. And then take a stand when it is clearly an obvious right or wrong issue. When someone is steamrolling somebody or something or somebody, you know, find out the issues. And if, if it's a right and wrong issue, get behind it if it's right. But if it's wrong, you need to speak up. That steamroller needs to know they're not going to roll all over you. Or if they do, Chomba Womba song kicks in. I get knocked down, but I get up again. So that's the steamroller. Number five, the, the rubbish collector. This person surrounds himself or herself with negative people. They gossip and spread rumours that poison. How do you handle the rubbish collector, the garbage collector? Confront them with people about whom they're talking. Confront them with the people that they're talking about. Remind them that there's a right way and a wrong way to treat people. Remind them. They still might not know what the right way or wrong way, but you're, you're about to uh, enlighten them. Allow exposure to destroy their credibility. Can I caveat this? I would go into a gossip and speak to them privately and say, any more of this? And the person that you're talking about, and sometimes I've said this, that's my friend you're talking about. And after this conversation i'm going to go straight to them and let them know what you're saying but i'm letting you know that i'm going to go and tell them so that you can be ready because you're bang out order, right or another way it, it, they might not be that close to me but it's still not right and and it comes into your world now i don't go looking for causes i don't go looking for things and and i check whether I, i'm supposed to take this one on or not but you know so often you can you can nip it in the bud by saying that's gossip, that's not good. If you're going to say that about that person when they're not here, what are you saying about me when I'm not here? Or when they go, oh no, 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 it's just them, they're an idiot. You say, no, I don't want you doing that. I, I think I think you bang out, of order. And mm-hmm. if I hear that again, I will go and tell them. I'll bring them to you and then you can tell them to their face. And we, we 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 we're not easy people to believe it, to be, you know, Christians. So often people think that we're just a pushover, and and it's not. We're just kind. There is a scripture in Romans chapter twelve that says, "As far as it is with you, live at peace with all men," and that is our aim. That's what we try to do. Even through Nero and and the, the Roman leadership was was killing, murdering Christians. One general looked at the, these Christians and he says, I don't get it. There's so many more of you than there are of us. Why don't you take up arms? And the Christian leader turned around and said to him, Because our God says to us, as long as it is with you, as far as it is with you, live at peace with all men. And we serve him. He blew the guy away. And it's not that we can't do tough stuff, but you know, we're looking for peace. It's not peace at any price, but with these situations, we are tough. And, and we're people that, they're not that tough. People who are so flimsy and they go along with the crowd, even though they don't agree. Whereas we will turn around and just say, you're bang out of order. You're hurting somebody's character there. You know, the Bible says, don't murder. And you know, most of us have never murdered anybody, but well, we've murdered many with our tongue. We've murdered the character. Of assassinated them. So that's why it's important. Expose them to the leaders. If they're not listening, that is, expose them to the leader. Expose them to the people around them just saying, you're a gossip. That's, that, that, that brings things perspective into focus, I should say, very quickly. Number six, the control freak. This person is unable to let go and trust God our people they have to be in control, the control freak. And I know you're all thinking about somebody, but you know what, we are all control freaks. Uh Being in control and wanting control is our hard way. That's not wrong. It's the freaky bit that's wrong. Because if I'm not in control, I hope whoever else is, uh, that I'm gonna let go of control to, I hope they're competent enough to be in control. Because if they're not, I'm gonna take control. That's normal, that's right, that's good. But being a control freak, where every step of the way you have to be in control, there's something wrong. Because there are talented people out there. There are great leaders out there. There are better leaders than you and me out there. There are people that have got insight that we don't have. God doesn't put all his eggs in one basket. And God will often use people to bring wisdom to you that you didn't rate. And he does that to stop you from from measuring people the way you measure them. And to actually say God can use that person just like He can use you. Just saying. So, the control freak, how do we handle them? Don't give them highly visible positions of authority. We do this in church too often. In fact, sometimes we promote people in church because we think this will do them good. Oh, no, no, don't do, do, no, do, no, do, no. do. You don't promote people in, in the hope that it's going to benefit them and they'll, they'll become this better person. They have to prove that, they, that they're better before you promote them. So we have to be careful. Remind people that there's, there's more than one way to skin a rabbit. Remind a control, control freak. That's your way of doing it. You know, there's many ways that we could do this. You know, different ways are valid. Communicate that control is a myth. No human is ever really in control of the whole of life. No human is. So, yeah, it's a myth. And we've got to learn. People have got to learn to trust. And you and I have got to learn to trust. And it's not easy. How do you do it? Just by doing it. Just by trusting. And it drives you nuts, the control freak. Then you will be off the scale. But you have to temper that control freak. You have to discipline that control freak on the inside of you. And allow yourself to be led by somebody who's capable when you're dealing with a control freak you've got to go remind them of the many times that that situations got beyond them and somebody not them sorted it out remind them it's not just you you know in, in the faith way as well where oh i've got to, so many christians don't have faith and they are control freaks i know that because i've, I've had to deal with them constantly And many people that have been Christians said for 30 years. And, you know, they were that like Abijah and yet they couldn't trust God for a moment. And they've never trusted God for 30 years. They've said that little prayer and, and God's become real to them. And then from then on in, they've still taken control. And, you know, we have to remind people of the times where life was out of their control and yet God turned up and he met the needs or supplied things or whatever. It's important that we do that. So so that's how you handle the control freak. What about the maverick? The maverick, this person frustrates others by living in their own world. <laughs> I love the maverick. <laughs> living in their own world, oblivious to the needs of others in the big picture. I don't like that part of the maverick. But mavericks, <laughs> you know, we need more mavericks, I think. And you... you they don't fit the mould. That's that's why, you know, we know that the maverick. They don't go down the tried and tested routes. They just think, oh, I think we could do it this way, or that way, or that way. And they drive everybody nuts. I know. <laughs> that man. I am that man. But one of the problems with mavericks is they can be oblivious to the needs of others or they can forget the big picture. And that becomes dangerous. So we've got to rein it in. How do you handle a maverick? So... Don't evaluate your leadership by the maverick's response. Remember, a maverick so often is unmovable. You, to change their mind is like an incredible thing. But don't evaluate your leadership. When you're going to sort, sort out issues with a maverick, you know, you are mad if you think they're going to agree with you like that. But with a maverick, don't put them into a team ministry position or a team position within your business. Because they'll not train people the way you've trained them, and that's the problem. Because there has to be some organisational alignment. There has to be something that is of you as the leader. You can't just a, a maverick will say, "I don't know what Dave said but I think we can do this." So don't put them in a, a leadership position in, in a team. I don't put them into a team because they'll soon assume position of leadership. Don't give them a leadership role until until listen to this. Until they can see beyond themselves. Until they can see beyond themselves. I think Churchill was a maverick. Mavericks can be amazing people. But you have to try them and test them. And they have to come to some things. uh, Some awarenesses within themselves. Otherwise they're dangerous. So another thing. How do you handle the maverick? Discover what motivates them. And encourage them to see the bigger picture. Not just their performance in it. Encourage them to see the bigger picture. And the implications for others. Number eight. The backstabber. This person is irrepressibly two-faced. And hypocritical. His or her message changes with the crowd. So frustrating. How do you handle a backstabber? meet with them and communicate that you know what i want to trust you but the way that i see you operate i can't trust you and gently confront them with specific examples of hypocrisy why do i say gentle because anger you know i was saying last week flesh gives birth to flesh and we need wisdom because. Otherwise, you come at them angry and saying, you're an hypocrite, you're this, that, and the other. They come back at you, nobody learns anything. But if you can come gentle, even in Proverbs in the Old Testament, it says a soft answer or a gentle answer turns away wrath or anger. And we've got to learn these interpersonal skills, these softer skills. And um, with somebody like a backstabber, gently confront them with specific examples of their hypocrisy. Involve others who have experienced their two-faced ways for concrete evidence. You know, remember, you're not in court of law, but, but it's just saying, there's a few of us are thinking like this, but we want to help you. We want we want you to be part of us. You know, we think you're a great guy, but there are some things that need ironing out. And who hasn't gossiped? Who hasn't been an hypocrite? Yes, we've all been. it. But you know what? You've got the badge. Um, <laughs> And, you know, if they, will, if they will receive it from you, you know, this could be good. And don't give them any authority until you see them change their ways. Because these people damage people. So you, you, even if they're your friend and they're a hopeless gossip, you're just saying, you cannot, you cannot be here. You cannot be near me. I cannot give you influence until you change. Number nine, the cold shoulder. This person disengages and avoids contact. How do you handle the cold shoulder person? Don't reward childish behaviour by running after them each time they distance themselves. Remember, we don't negotiate with terrorists. I teach this when I'm teaching about bringing kids up. (laughs) Don't negotiate with terrorists. Don't reward childish behaviour by running after them. Do meet with them and ask if you've done something to hurt them. What have I done wrong? What, what is the matter with you? We were okay last week and then for some reason you're all, you did this and, and no, you're freezing me out. What have I done? I don't know what I've done. I'm not a mind reader. Dig deep to discover the real issues that cause them to avoid you. Don't endorse them or their bad behaviour. Don't endorse them, and I've watched people who have who who, who have got the cold shoulder off to a fine art. And I've seen people promote them. I've seen people say all sorts of of lovely things about them uh, that they didn't mean. But they're trying to like defrost them. Don't do that. Keep them out into in the cold until they're ready, because they won't listen until they're ready. And you can try, you know try and find out if you've done something wrong and stuff like that but ultimately they've got to change they've got to defrost and then we've got to help them how did you defrost how did you come to it you know because we need to help you next time because there will be a next time until you break this thing get 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 over it okay i'm running out of time so i'm going to go through these the volcano this person builds steam and often erupts they are explosive unpredictable and unapproachable the volcano how do you handle the volcano? Remove them from the crowd. Remain calm and ask them to sit down, you de-escalate them. Ask them to repeat details to be clear on issues. Remove hearsay and exaggeration because when somebody's angry and they've got a full head of steam, you know, they're oh, this and that, it's not true. So much of it is just not true. In fact, very little of it is true. It's all about exaggeration, hearsay, or he is the one, feelings. Give a soft answer. Sorry, give a soft, clear answer. And then hold them accountable. Once you've you've de-escalated, hold them accountable. And saying you can't go off at the deep end every time you're not happy with something. So next time, come and see me. Next time, go and see your leader. Next time, give them clear, soft answers, soft, clear answers. You don't meet aggression with aggression. Hold them accountable. Why? Because you're wanting to to help them change. You want them to be part of the team. You don't want another wasted human being that's talented, but the character is nowhere. Your gifting will take you to the moon, but your character will keep you there. And lack of character. You know, God can promote you and your lack of character will demote you. Number 11, the sponge. This person is constantly in need, but gives nothing back. They use people. How do you you handle the sponge? SpongeBob. (laughs) How do you handle the sponge? Set limitations on your ability to help don't let them manipulate you or the situation because they will and often with tears require of them responsibility challenge them that maturity means giving and receiving and you know sometimes you can go to a party and they've not brought anything and that kind of you've got to go and just say mate this is you're out of order this is not necessarily at the party, but you can, at another time. But you can just say, you're a bang out of order with that. Don't feel obligated or guilty by their demands, don't. Well, I've nobody else to turn to, say, so, well, that's tough. You've created that. You see, if you're in trouble, you've got a lot of people that you can turn to. But you know, sponge per, a sponge person, they haven't got people to turn to because everyone's exhausted at one-way traffic can give giving. Last of all, We have to deal with the competitor. This person keeps score on everything. So draining is this. They want to beat others and often feel that life is unfair. How do you handle the competitor? Well, you remind them that their role, and especially if they're a Christian, but their role is to complete others, not to compete with others. Our role in life is not to compete with others, but to complete them and value to them. Inform them of others who have lost more than they have. Because often people are competitive because they've lost and they're trying to get on in life. You know, there's people that have lost an awful lot more, but don't behave like this. Victory doesn't come to the strong or the swift, the Bible says. But, you know, we allow God to give us victory. We treat people well. We, we don't go as fast as uh, as we'd like to as, or as fast as others sometimes. But you know what? We're steady away. And we do believe that the tortoise beats the hare. Why? Because we just steady away every day. Steady away. Uh, working relationships. Let them know that keeping score will destin them to a life of misery. Just keeping score. Is that what life's about? A scoreboard? Is that it? Is that the full the sum total of your life, just keeping score and wanting to win and be ahead. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.